it's now time to introduce our third speaker for the day, Ronan Dunn. Ronan is the strategic advisor to the CEO of Verizon, the leading US telecoms provider in the US. He's also a current board member of Yahoo Inc., formerly known as Verizon Media. He's the former executive VP and CEO of the Verizon Consumer Group and was responsible for providing telecommunication services to over 100 million customers and also played a critical role in the rollout of their 5G network. Ronan has then played a very important role in setting up Mind Together, a cross-brand initiative between Verizon Media or Yahoo Inc., um, Kellogg's, Spotify, and Snap to aim to really destigmatize mental health in the workplace. Um, Ronan, it's amazing to have you on the show. It goes without saying how important the work that you are doing is, and we, we're so appreciative to have really a leader of your caliber kind of leading the charge on, on mental health. So to kick us off, I'd love to hear a bit more about Mind Together, how it got started, and, and what you guys are up to. So thank you, uh, Mandy, and really just building on what we've heard from the other speakers. Um, the recognition and driven very much by a colleague of mine, Guru Garapan, running uh, Yahoo at the, uh, at the time, was a real desire for a new coalition among brands, you know, names that people would recognize to set a standard in supporting employee mental health. And essentially, the, the goal was to normalize mental health within corporate commitments and to create a scalable framework to better both support and recognize in today's workforce the realities of the challenges and stresses that employees were under, and truthfully, to hold ourselves to a higher standard uh, to our accountability and responsibilities. And like uh, speakers uh, have said, Johnny and Dee, before, you know, there's a number of key things there, you know, the recognition that um, it's in light and self-interest for an employer to recognize that the massive productivity loss and inefficiency associated with uh, a failure to manage uh, mental fitness and health in their organizations. And critically, the social uh, stigma that Johnny referred to, which you know the American Psychiatric Association said 95% of employees who take time off for mental health issues cite some other reason rather than acknowledge what is actually the challenge that they're dealing with. So really the uh, initiative for uh, all of us as brands in Mind Together was to um, <clears throat> lead in awareness, developing a robust internal communications toolkit in partnership with coalition members and specialist advisors, an education system to implement a mental health learning program in the workforce, recognizing that many of us just don't know uh, enough to be able to do as much as we would want to do to help and support and to support and host more candid and open conversations supported by external experts and thought leaders in the mental health and, and, uh, and wellness space. And as you say, partners like Kellogg's and SNAP and others, and then the, the support, specialist support of Minds uh, together in made of millions who are actually doing a lot of the advisory work uh, for us. And last thing I would say is the place to start is to start with the data. And so what we did was commissioned a mental health matrix, which was a major uh, global research study on mental health in the workplace. And using that to introduce a new model for identifying the sources of strain and stress that were in the workplace and a better understanding of that 
And by doing that, then empowering managers to better address the, uh, the identifiable sources of stress and uh, strain in the, uh, in the environment. So you're dealing with symptoms and cause rather than just one instead of, uh, instead of the other. Awesome. That, I mean, goes without saying, very important work and, and look forward to you guys leading the charge for, for many to follow. Um, I know Verizon took a decision to let people continue working remotely. Can you talk to us a bit about the link mental health had in, in that decision making? Sure. And, and again, Mandy, to be clear, different parts of the organization, we've adopted uh, different approaches. But one of the things that we identified right up front at the beginning of the pandemic was that if there was going to be a change in the work environment, it wasn't simply where work gets done, which in truth has been a lot of the focus uh, as we think about return to the office environment. But the truth is we need to think about what work gets done and how work gets done. And really, when you've asked those two questions, then you can properly address where work gets done. So we've tried to look at it holistically in all of those areas and identify the conditions that would need to uh, prevail for people to be as successful in a remote or homework environment as they would have been uh, if they were back in the office environment. And when I say successful, I mean productive, I mean work-life balance, I mean career development, training, et cetera, et cetera. It's not just one aspect. You have to look holistically at, at all. And one of the things we did right at the beginning of the pandemic, an organization of our size has the privilege of doing it, and I recognize not every organization uh, is in the same situation. But we made it crystal clear that we would, make, we would follow nobody. And so the first uncertainty that was adding to the stress of, will I have a job? We addressed that right up front to everybody in the organization, 130,000 people. The second thing is, my home environment has been dramatically changed, either by homeschooling or responsibility for uh, dependence in adult dependence or others. So we um, expanded dramatically our um, parental support and care in the home support and childcare, etc. So what we tried to do was address those incremental sources of stress and strain that were specifically brought on by the pandemic. And that allowed us to get back to where I started, which is, okay, what work needs to get done? How does it best get done? And therefore set up people for success about where it could be done. And so for our call center employees, 17,000 of them went home when the pandemic started and we created the conditions for them that they could continue to work and give them the certainty. The other thing that that has allowed us uh, to do, which I think is important, is to actively address um, elements of the work-life balance that have been a concern for some people in the return to uh, office environment, having developed uh, you know, caring and coping mechanisms that actually were assisted by being closer to, closer to home. So I think we're all in a similar situation in that the nature of work is evolving and not just where it gets done, but what work gets done and how it gets done. And if we think about all those things together, I think we can reduce the inherent strain, stress, and if I may be so bold, the conflict of the perceived work-life balance. Not that everything will be eliminated, but I think we can make material strides forward so that we're thinking about the whole individual, not just the piece of them that represents the worker between the hours of eight and six. 
That's so interesting. And I'm actually going to pick up on something that you just said, where, where you actually look at a person as a whole now. And I think COVID-19 has forced us kind of into a space where we just actually know the people that we work with so much better. Um, do you think that society is moving towards being more empathetic and understanding of that person as a whole? So I would love to be able to say an unequivocal yes. I would say that many of us have moved along on a journey, but I think there are still roadblocks. And to go back to how Johnny so eloquently shared earlier is there are multiple stigmas. And in fact, there are even stigmas now about people who have decided to stay working from home uh, versus those who believe. And we see it, we read it in the financial journals about CEOs who were saying, you know, the people who were serious about their careers are in the office Monday to Friday. I'm not sure what the rest of the people are doing. And um, so we've created new sets of challenges. But with, without really sounding too generic, I have a philosophy which has grown from my years of uh, engagement with One Young World in that most of the challenges we have in society are all um, encompassed around one core element, which is that talent is broadly distributed in society it's opportunity that isn't. And I think in any of these challenges, whether it's redefining the work environment, whether it's redefining the empathy of our society is the big opportunity we have is better match the talent to the opportunities. The problem is not that we don't have the talent and the tools and the solutions to address the issues. It's that society and its structures is actually inflexible in bringing those talents to bear in addressing the solutions. And if I had one call out, it is that the next generation of technology, the sort of 5G that I'm passionately excited about is, needs to be in the service of the individual, not the individual in the service of the technology. If we start to do that, then I think we create the conditions for mental fitness and well-being for everybody. That's a great call out. And I'm going to ask you for, for one more call to action. And that is for business leaders out there, really. What would you ask business leaders to be doing to really move the needle on, on mental health? So I would make two uh, pleas. The first is, uh, I, you know, as an accountant, see this very clearly. It's enlightened self-interest to improve the productivity, sustainability, performance, and efficiency of your business. Address, failing to address mental health means that you are trying to compete in the current world with one hand tied behind your back. The second thing is that real diversity in the workforce is probably the greatest tool that you can have. And a positive approach to diversity in its broadest sense means that disability, mental health, neurodiversity, and other things are things that you need to address and embrace so that you bring the best possible talent and capability to bear to deliver the best outcomes, both for your employees, your shareholders, your customers. That way you have a balanced scorecard uh, of stakeholders and you actually build a better business. Thank you so much, Ronan. And I hope everyone out there who's posting on social media is going to remember to add these key takeaways and hashtag difference makers. Ronan, we're going to bring you back in a moment to the round table. And before we head there, we just have one more poll that we want to run, um, which really picks up on what we've been discussing and we'll take it into the round table. But we want to ask all of you whether you feel that your company or your organization take their employees' mental wellness into account. And the options are, yes, they do, no, they don't, or only at a superficial level and it could use some improvement. So please head on over to the poll and, and we'd love to see your answers.